Hello, and welcome to Teacher in Zion Podcast, a podcast for Christians, Mormons, ex-Mormons, and other Book of Mormon believers, or anyone questioning their faith or the church, with an emphasis on seeking the truth wherever it leads, but especially in gaining a closer relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm your host, Teacher in Zion, and this is episode 11 of the podcast, entitled The Plain and Precious Doctrine of Christ. I have been encouraged in the last few years as I discover more and more Book of Mormon believers who are receiving the same or very similar light and understanding as I have received, letting me know I'm not alone in this. For in the mouth of several witnesses does God establish his truth. And even recently, I discovered the Restored Gospel podcast with Michael Barrett and Corey Stark. Just this week, I was preparing for this broadcast, and I listened to an episode. It was episode 182 of their podcast entitled Satan's Power as Men Stumble. What was shared there served as confirmation to me of those things that I understood to be true. And it was precisely what I wanted to speak about this week. I'm going to share a clip from that episode in just a bit. But I also wanted to share that these truths are now beginning to permeate, not just among former RLDS or members of the Restoration, but also among more and more on the LDS side. For example, Jacob Esbell, I-S-B-E-L-L, Jacob Esbell, hopefully I'm pronouncing that correctly, and his YouTube channel, which is called Disciple of Christ. Check that out. He's a former LDS himself who served in mission and temple work, but now interviews those who, like himself, have now chosen to follow Jesus over the LDS church. One of those people who was recently interviewed by Jacob on Disciple of Christ reached out to me recently and let me know that some of the things I had shared on this podcast really resonated with him. His name is Drew Lottie, and his book, The Doctrine of Christ, can be found on his website, doctrineofchrist.com. As I look around, most of us Book of Mormon believers do still carry at least some degree of doctrinal baggage from our respective church institutions. But more and more, I see how the Spirit of the Lord is moving in the minds and hearts of people across the various denominations that trace their origin back to Joseph Smith. We are discovering that our faith had previously been either in Joseph Smith or in the church, but the Holy Spirit is revealing that if our faith is in these things, then we are in for a painful time as that house of cards begins to collapse. More and more Mormons are losing faith, not only in the church, but in the Book of Mormon and often with the Bible and even Christ or a belief in God altogether. And this reveals to me that really their faith never was in Christ, but rather in the church. But I praise God that many people are now beginning to be delivered from this form of idolatry, recognizing that cursed is the man who places his trust in the arm of flesh. They place their faith instead on the only foundation that cannot be shaken, which is faith in Christ alone, acknowledging him as the head of the body of Christ rather than some fallible man. 
Many of these people I meet or talk with who are getting free of dead religion in favor of a personal relationship with the living God are being transformed by the plain and simple doctrine of Christ, which is the subject of this episode. In the Book of Mormon, an angel declared to Nephi that when the gospel of Christ was first taught by the apostles, that it was taught in purity and that it was very plain and easy to understand. But not long after this, some of the simplicity and the plainness of those gospel truths would be removed as an apostasy would creep into the church and men would begin to pervert the right ways of the Lord. In First Nephi, it reads, And because of these things which are taken away out of the gospel of the Lamb, an exceeding great many do stumble, yea, insomuch that Satan has great power over them. You see, if we don't really fully understand the truth that God has given to us to be free, then Satan has power over us to the degree that we are ignorant of those truths, to the degree that we believe in false doctrines or have notions or ideas or opinions that just don't line up with the Word of God. That gives Satan power over us that we would stumble. There is some debate on what might have been removed or what truth or plainness is missing from the Bible. But regardless of your opinion on this, we know that for centuries the scriptures weren't even available to the general public. You had to go to church and hear the word of the Lord from a priest, and then he would speak it in Latin, a language that few understood. Only the very rich and educated would even have an opportunity to learn it, so the precious gospel of the Lamb wasn't even available until after the printing press was invented. Until then, mankind did not hear the gospel in its purity. They heard instead the tenets of the church, which were corrupt. Having the Bible, people could then read for themselves, and they began to realize that what they had been taught was wrong. And so the Reformation and Protestant movements were born. But even after the Bible became available to the common man, opinions on the text varied. And there were disputes and confusion over any number of doctrines. As a result of these differences, more and more churches and denominations were born, each contending that they had the true understanding. Many could not even agree on what was required to attain salvation. In first Nephi, an angel tells Nephi, For behold, saith the Lamb, I will manifest myself unto thy seed, that they shall write many things which I shall minister unto them, which shall be plain and precious. What he's referring to here is the writings contained in the Book of Mormon. The teachings of Jesus are recorded in purity, and they were translated in purity, to be plain and simple to understand. And again in First Nephi, the angel is speaking to Nephi and says, These last records which thou hast seen among the Gentiles, and this is namely the Book of Mormon, and possibly other writings from other lost tribes of Israel, it says of those additional records that will come forth after the Bible is given to the Gentiles, which includes this Book of Mormon. It says that those records shall establish the truth of the first which are of the twelve apostles of the Lamb, and shall make known the plain and precious things which have been taken away from them. In other words, what the angel is telling Nephi here, that these new records don't establish new truths 
or new doctrines, but instead they are to establish the truth of the Bible. The truth of what the first apostles declared about Jesus and his gospel when they declared it in purity. And they will do so in such a way as to restore that plainness and simpleness. The plain and simpleness of those truths so that we may no longer stumble. And so that Satan does not have this advantage over us. And second Nephi. Nephi declares, for behold, my soul delighteth in plainness. This is because the ways of God are plain and easy to be understood. He is not the author of confusion. The gospel message and the doctrine of Christ is presented in such a way that a child can grasp the concept and know how to come into a covenant relationship with the God of Israel. The stated prophecy regarding the purpose of the Book of Mormon is that the Nephites shall write and the Jews would write, and that which shall be written by the Nephites, that's the Book of Mormon, and also that which shall be written by the Jews, that's the Bible, shall grow together unto the confounding of false doctrines and laying down of contentions and establishing peace. The Book of Mormon does not replace the Bible nor is this simply an additional testimony to tack on to what we already have in the Bible. Its purpose is to be paired with the Bible in order to confound false doctrine, to do away with all these contentions over doctrines, and bring peace to the recipients who receive these understandings. And that's huge. I would testify that this is precisely what it does or what it would have done for the early saints, had they not treated the Book of Mormon lightly, exerting their energies instead on other notions. I'd like to share a brief clip now from the Restored Gospel podcast with Michael Barrett and uh, Corey Stark. What this leads to is this plain and precious truth that's in the Book of Mormon, this idea that we would harden our hearts and see this that phrase, the hardening of the heart, mm-hmm. is ultimately the downfall of all the people. The Jews harden their hearts against Jesus. You know, here's, here's God in the flesh to them, and they harden their hearts and they crucify him. The people of Nephi, they have Jesus come among them, and Mormon and others later write, he said, I, I foresee that these people are going to harden their hearts, or Nephi writes this, they're going to harden their hearts, and it, it falls it comes to pass through history. All this comes comes to uh, fruition, unfortunate fruition. But the Gentiles have the same ultimate problem, and this is where we're at today in the in the life of the church. Is that whether we realize it or not, Satan has had power, and he has caused people to harden their hearts, even in the church, even in the restoration. I mean, right now in 2022. There are people who've hardened their hearts against the truth that's in the Book of Mormon, and it's all so that we can be diverted from the right way. It's all to blind our eyes. And so when when I hear this phrase that, oh, the Book of Mormon is too simple or too plain, it's like, no, the Book of Mormon teaches that God actually doesn't work in ways that are hard to understand. He, he works in ways that are plain and simple. That's where this original phrase comes from. It says, God works in plain and simple ways. That's why we're ra- writing in the plain and simple manner, so that you can understand these things of God. And so 
there's many scriptures that this opens up to, but I just want to share this as sort of a preface that we as Gentiles, more more so than we need, need to hear from our pulpits, oh, uh, you know, we need to build Zion and we need to be built about building Zion. How can we build Zion? More than hearing that from our pulpits, we need to hear these, you know, words to be on guard that we don't harden our hearts to the truth, that we're open to this plain and simple message because anything else gives Satan success uh, that he can, as the scripture says, blind our eyes and divert us from the right way. You know, we've culture, family of people we hear from uh, across the United States. There's people that are really in love with the Book of Mormon and its guidance and what it reveals about Jesus Christ. Uh, but I've got friends yeah, from all walks of life, and it's it's interesting when you bring up, you know, we don't have to worry with the Book of Mormon. It was translated, you know, by the Urim and Thummim, by the power of God. It's God putting his stamp of approval on, on, on each and every word that was given to Joseph to write so that we can trust it as long as we don't change it. But that's just not the case with with the Doctrine and Covenants, and it's certainly not the case with the Bible. When you bring that up, uh, it's just a, a pushback in a spirit that rears its head that gets pretty frustrated. Like, you can't say that. You can't say that the Book of Mormon is more true or more pure or more reliable than other gospel. And it's sad to me that that comes up. But, but to be honest, that's part of what I believe, the very fulfillment of the scripture that Satan has power over them and that they have their eyes blinded and their hearts hardened and uh, the very simple thing Jesus gives us to judge whether something is good or bad. What what kind of fruit does it bring? Right. What what kind of fruit has been brought from trying to write new scripture and organize a church and add revelation immediately after the time the Book of Mormon was given? What type of fruit was brought from the very beginning? It was not good fruit, and it is, it is not good fruit. It's a, a very dwindling vineyard that is dry and drought, and the fruit is few and far between, and it just doesn't taste good. That's yes. the result of the fulfillment of the hardening of the hearts and the removing of the simple gospel and the plainness and the stumbling, and it's not a popular thing in our church, and it's that's okay. I, I can't get around these scriptures that say men stumble. And if you want to move into what uh, we also wanted to talk about today, what do we need to do as a church, as a Gentile church that um, is prophesied about in the Book of Mormon? What do we need to do, Corey? Yeah. And so, what are the, some of these scriptures? Yeah, go ahead. About uh, no, it, this is this is the question of the day because. You know, okay, so you pointed this out that the scripture search brings up Gentiles repent, and it's sort of a popular uh, repeated theme, and that in and of itself is a revelation. But the question is, repent from what? Indeed. Repent from what? That's a really good question. In 1832, a revelation was received in regards to the church, and it stated, and your minds in times past have been darkened because of unbelief, and because you have treated lightly the things you have received, which vanity and unbelief has brought the whole church under condemnation. 
And this condemnation resteth upon the children of Zion, even all. And they shall remain under this condemnation until they repent and remember the new covenant. Even the Book of Mormon and the former commandments which I had given them, not only to say, but to do according to that which was written. The truths contained in the Book of Mormon, coupled with the truths contained in the Bible, were designed to clarify and make plain what they needed to do in order to fully come unto Christ. Not only to experience water baptism, but also the baptism of fire and the Holy Spirit to be transformed and changed into a new creation in Christ. And had they done this, had this remained their focus, they would have brought the seed of Lehi to a knowledge of the covenants, and they would have assisted the Native Americans in establishing Zion. This is something they tried to do without the seed of Lehi. Without the help of the Native Americans, they tried to establish Zion. And they tried to do it without having their very natures changed by Jesus Christ. And all of this contrary to the teachings in the Book of Mormon. Instead, the building up of the church organization and the latest and greatest revelations, doctrines, and projects would soon eclipse the Book of Mormon and its simple truths. Truths that somehow began, perhaps, to be deemed too simple. Sadly, those truths that revealed how to be transformed into the people of God began to be overlooked and essentially dismissed. Over the years, we thought ourselves superior to the other churches because we have the Book of Mormon. But simply having a Book of Mormon availed us nothing if we did not do according to the knowledge contained therein. If anything, it only adds to our condemnation. Know this, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Is this not what we're told in the Bible? Listen, regardless of what church you belong to, you can be under condemnation. I don't care how much work you do for the church, how many missions you go on, or what sacrifices you make, it's all dead works. Without having experienced this mighty change in your heart as Alma spoke of, without experiencing the baptism of fire and the Holy Ghost, the whole church under the leadership of Joseph Smith came under condemnation in 1832. Let that sink in. There's no indication that it ever came out from under that condemnation. Nowhere can I find where the church ever repented. Being in the right church denomination will not save you. But if we get into Christ and Christ in us, then we are exactly where we need to be. And there is no condemnation unto such. So what is this plain and simple doctrine of Christ that can transform us as found in the Book of Mormon? I know of no Christians that have any clue what the Book of Mormon actually teaches. Christians basically think that Mormons have a different Jesus and a different gospel than that is found in the Bible. And that is because, due to the many traditions and the doctrines of the Mormon churches, we do have a different Jesus. And I'm here to tell you that this other Jesus cannot save you. He cannot transform you. He will only lead you ever deeper into dead religion. But the Jesus found in the pages of the Book of Mormon 
is the same Jesus as the Bible. And so we're going to take a look at his doctrine as taught in the Book of Mormon, specifically found in 3rd Nephi, chapter 11, as published by the LDS Church, or in chapter 5 of the RLDS printing of that book. But before I read this, it's not very long. But for those listeners who have never read the Book of Mormon, I want to let you know that Jesus visits some of the inhabitants of the Americas after his resurrection. And he does it to share his gospel message. And the teachings he shares are parallel to and in perfect harmony with what is written in the New Testament. What I'm going to read to you now is what Jesus calls his doctrine. It is the essence of his gospel message, his plain and precious instructions to humanity. And the thing I love about how this is recorded in the Book of Mormon is that it makes it so very crystal clear what is truly his doctrine from start to finish so that there can be no misunderstanding keeping in mind that according to the words of the angel this record would be brought forth for our benefit in order to confound false doctrine lay down contention and establish peace so let's read this is jesus speaking to the nephites and there shall be no disputations among you as there has hitherto been neither shall there be disputations among you concerning the points of my doctrine as there has been for verily verily i say unto you he that hath the spirit of contention is not of me but is of the devil which is the father of contention and he stirreth up the hearts of men to contend with anger one with another behold this is not my doctrine to stir up the hearts of men to anger against one another behold verily verily i say unto you i will declare unto you my doctrine and this is my doctrine and it is the doctrine which the father has given unto me and i bear record of the father and the father beareth record of me and the holy ghost beareth record of the father and me and i bear record that the father commandeth all men everywhere to repent and believe in me and whoso believeth in me and is baptized the same shall be saved and they are they which shall inherit the kingdom of god and whoso believeth not in me and is not baptized shall be damned i say unto you that this is my doctrine and i bear record of it from the father and whoso believeth in me believeth in the father also and unto him will the father bear record of me for he will visit him with fire and the holy ghost and thus will the father bear record of me and the holy ghost will bear record unto him of the father and me for the father and i and the holy ghost are one and again i say unto you you must repent and become as a little child and be baptized in my name or you can in no wise receive these things and again i say unto you you must repent and be baptized in my name and become as a little child or you can in no wise inherit the kingdom of god verily verily i say unto you that this is my doctrine and whoso buildeth upon this buildeth upon my rock and the gates of hell shall not prevail against them 
And whosoever shall declare more or less than this, and establish it for my doctrine, the same cometh of evil, and is not built upon my rock. But he buildeth upon a sandy foundation, and the gates of hell standeth open to receive such, when the floods come, and the winds beat upon them. Therefore go forth unto this people, and declare the words which I have spoken unto the ends of the earth. I just want to back up here. Jesus has clearly delineated his doctrine. It's simple. Come unto him. Repent. Be baptized. Be as a little child, that you may inherit the kingdom of God. And this is his doctrine. And notice that he said, anyone who declares more or less, but anyone who declares more than this and tries to establish it as the doctrine of Christ, that person comes of evil. And we have been adding to his doctrine ever since the Book of Mormon was published. The very words of Christ in the Book of Mormon, the book that everyone associates with Mormonism, the book that we claim as our book, essentially condemns every known denomination of Mormonism, big and small. The Book of Mormon declares, Woe be! unto the Gentiles, if it so be that they harden their hearts against the Lamb of God. When our hearts, surely we would think we'd never harden our hearts against the Lamb of God. But I tell you, if we harden ourselves against the plain and simple message contained in the Bible and in the Book of Mormon, and instead vainly imagine and support doctrines that attempt to add to the doctrine of Christ, We do condemn ourselves. As the Book of Mormon states, we will be judged out of those things which are written in the scriptures. And it is these two books of scripture alone that God told Joseph Smith and the first elders of the church that they were to use to spread the fullness of the gospel throughout the world. The fullness of the gospel. Meaning that it is lacking in nothing. What would you add to it? What would it get you? And if I haven't totally offended you yet, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and join us for our next episode, generally released each Saturday. And if you have any questions or would like to share something, please feel free to email me at teacherinzion at gmail.com. That's teacher in Zion, all one word with no spaces, at gmail.com. And until next time, God bless. Join us for discussion in our Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash hope of Zion. Or at our YouTube channel, Teacher in Zion. That's the word teacher space and in Zion spelled as one word. My books can be found at amazon.com forward slash author forward slash Douglas Hatton. That's H-A-T like a hat on your head. T-E-N like the number 10. Until next time.